And we're back on Ariva Martin in real time. Avi Bernard here with you in for Ariva Martin today. And we're going to be uh, welcoming to the show Dominique Simpson Milton, the president and chief engagement officer of the Carolinas Virginia Minority Supplier Development Council. Uh, so, uh, Dominique, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Avi. And then you got that was a mouthful. You got it right the first time. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that was a mouthful. yeah, that's for sure. So uh, speaking of which, can you tell us uh, about what the NMSDC and MBDA uh, in Baltimore, uh, the conference with the governors? Uh, tell us tell us what this what this is so that people can have an understanding. Yeah, absolutely. So NMSDC. SDC, I like to say that we're the best kept secret. So we are an economic growth engine for ethnic minority business owners. And our sole purpose is to connect minority businesses with supply chain opportunities. And so, and that's basically opening up doors of opportunity, right? Because we know that the playing field has not been equal. And so we are, we exist as an organization. We've been here for 52 years. We're a national organization. There are 23 different affiliates around the country, and I happen to run the one in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. We have assembled here in Baltimore, Maryland, for our national convention. Um, and I think there might be about 5,000 people here in attendance to learn about new opportunities and to learn how that we can grow minority businesses to really close the wealth gap in America. Okay, so you're, you're, you're saying that NMSDC is an organization that represents all types of all types of minorities in the United States. But how how do you define minority with regard to membership? So NMSDC defines minorities as ethnic minorities, right? So Asian American, African American, Hispanic, American Indian. You have to be an ethnic minority to be classified as a minority in our organization. There are other organizations that cover veterans, LGBTQT and women, but we cover all ethnic minorities. Okay, that makes sense. Because yeah, as you said, people define it different ways. And sometimes exactly. people, people will use what use uh, women as part of their diversity um, quota. And so I just wanted to, to ask you about that. But uh, tell us about the intentionality work you do in the Carolina region of uh, NMSDC and how, how it is relevant to, uh, to business owners all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my favorite word is intentionality. And I think that I know that we have to be intentional in how we spend our money, where we spend our money and how we save our money. We also have to be intentional in making connections with each other, right? All too often, we don't connect people. We don't use our, utilize our resources to help other people grow. And that's the intentionality part, making sure that doors of opportunity are open and that we are intentionally looking for those opportunities and helping people to get ready for those opportunities and making sure those doors are open. That's what I mean by intentionality. And that's the work that I do locally. So how do you make sure that, that people are ready? How, how do you do that? Great question. So we do four things in our organization. We certify, we help develop, we help connect, and we advocate for our business owners. And to me, connection is the most, I'm mean, sorry, development is the most important part of that because that means that you need to learn how to work on your business versus in your business. And so we have programs like somebody might spend $400, I'm just giving you a roundabout example, to become a member of our organization. But I, in turn, invest money back to give them scholarships so they can be ready when those supply chain opportunities come about. So I'll send them to educational programs like Fast Track MBAs for their businesses, uh, intensives for a week. I might send them to Tuck. I have um, several homegrown programs that I have, University of Richmond, um, Sunoco Leadership Program. So we help to develop them 
by teaching them, um, you know, business skills, how to get capital, things like that, so that they are ready for the supply chain. So, it, so it's not it's not always easy for for people to start businesses. In fact, it's it's never easy, and there's a lot that goes into it. Maybe people might have an idea of, oh, I want to start this business. I want to start a catering business. I want to start a construction business, but they need to kind of know the ins and outs of, of what it takes so that they can sustain that business. Is that, is that kind of a, one way of putting it? That's a, that is the perfect way of putting it. You know, and, and you know, most businesses fail in the first five years, right? And so, you know, people don't always have enough cash to start. They, they borrow from mom and dad and uncles and aunts, right? And they don't have proper um, tools in place to get the loans that they need to start businesses, but even more importantly, to maintain a cash flow, right? So it's one thing to get started, but can you maintain a cash flow, cash flow to be able to cover payroll and, and to be able to buy supplies, to be able to meet the demands? And so we help business owners understand all of that from your economics to where to find funding to, you know, how to write a business plan. We help you with all of that. Oh, so how to write a business plan. So, so a lot of times people, you, you have to write a business plan before your business opens. So you help people from the, from the development of their ideas even. Yeah, you have to have a business to get started with us because we, we, okay. we inspect that, but it could be an entry level business. So we have from entry level, you could have just started last month, right? But you have to, you have to have, you know, your incorporation paperwork in order, in order to be able to get certified with us. So it can be a beginning business, but we go all the way up into the billions. We have $12 billion companies um, here with us here. Worldwide Technologies is our largest MBE and they're here um, with a booth. So we have South, South Coast Paper. There's quite a few who have grown from um, garage to billion dollar companies. And these are, these are all minority owned companies, right? Ethnic minority owned Yeah, companies. absolutely, absolutely. Can you um can you tell us how long it takes? I mean, this it, it seems like, like maybe it it might take a while, but but how long does it take to to, to become certified? And, and what are you um what's what's exactly the process? Like you you go to um you go to your uh, your company and mm-hmm. you say okay, you know, I have this business and I want to. What, what do I need to do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you go to our website and there's an application portal and you fill out all the paperwork, you upload your documents. And, and some people, for some people, it's harder than others because honestly, some people don't have their paperwork in order, right? But yeah. you should always, as a business owner, you should have your paperwork in order. When we went into PPP, you know, people lost out on that opportunity because they didn't have their stuff in order, right? So there's a lot of paperwork that has to be uploaded into our portal. And what we do is once that gets uploaded, then we schedule a site visit to come out and see your business. And we inspect what you say that you, you do and make sure that you know how to run the business. So you have to own and operate the business. Um, and that's important, right? So some people just say, you know, I own the business, but it's they might have put it in their wife's name, right? So that doesn't necessarily justify as a minority-run company. So um, so once you do all that, we come out, we inspect, and then we send you to a board of a review so that we have um, people who vote on, on you based on your paperwork and the interview. And then we, um, we induct you into the organization with a, with a certification. We call it a post-certification briefing where we'll explain to you how to get engaged with the organization. Um, and then I left out that there's a pre-certification briefing. So there's actually a briefing to explain to you how to go through all the paperwork and everything, and then you upload everything onto the website. So there's a whole process. It takes about six um, to eight weeks to get it done properly. Um, and some people do a little bit faster because they have their stuff in order. But for most people, it takes about six weeks. Six to eight weeks is not bad. If you're, that's if, not bad. I mean, that's less than two months. 
you know, that's that's to to have all your your paperwork in order to have a legit business operation. That's um, that's not bad at all. And you said they go to the website. What is that website? So for my organization, it's cvmsdc.org, www.cvmsdc.org. But you can also go to the national website, which is nmsdc.org, and they will direct you to your local affiliate. Um, so there's, again, 23 different affiliates all over the country. And wherever you your business is incorporated, that's where you get certified. Okay, so nmsdc.org, as in National Minority Supplier Development Council. You got um, it. And um, you mentioned that you would do a site visit for these businesses to, to see how they're operating and, and, and things of that nature. But what if it's not a brick and mortar business? A lot of people don't have brick and mortar businesses, but they do have legit businesses. They, you know, maybe they um, they have a food truck or they uh, or they they work out of their 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 house and they just they have they send they, they ship things on it's mm -hmm. what, yep. what about people who don't have a brick and mortar business no excellent excellent question so you know we learned this during covid so we we first of all we don't do any house visits if you if you operate your business out of a house we'll meet you at a neutral location like a library or something or okay. starbucks so we'll meet you there um we also do virtual visits so we will we did all, all of this during covid we will dial in put you on zoom and just at, talk to you, make sure that you, you know, are who you say you are and you own and operate the business. Um, and then you, you can show us around if, the, if, if there's like a facility in your home or a space that you dedicate to, to your particular operation. So yeah, we have, we have a way to, to get around that if, if that's your situation. Okay. That's good to know. Um, can you, can you tell us maybe some of the success stories? I mean, you mentioned that, that some organizations have gone from garage to to being billion dollar businesses billion with yes uh, can you yes. tell us about some of the some of the success stories of maybe businesses who who waited patiently to become certified and and how that changed their business uh for the long term yeah i can tell you three very distinct stories i'll tell you one i don't i don't know if you know janice brian howard right but she is she's a diva she's one of my mentors she started her business with $1,500 in North Carolina and became the first African-American woman to become a billionaire um, in her business, which is a staffing company, right? So that's a success story. It took her years, but, you know, she took that dream that she had and turned it into to a multi-billion dollar business. And then there is, um, there's a young lady who is in my area um, and she does desserts. And I want to share this story because most people, you, I'm, I want the listeners to know you got to really think outside the box. She does desserts. And we have this BMW conference once a year. And at the BMW conference, they have about two to 3,000 people who come for the diversity conference. And I said to her, I said, no, you need to really talk to BMW because they have this conference every year. She says, I don't do anything that could really help cars, right? I, I make desserts. I said, but I can see your desserts on every table. Well, lo and behold, she got the contract. She has a five-year contract with BMW to, to supply all the desserts for their tables for this conference. That's huge. She never would have thought thinking outside the box that she could have her desserts in that particular uh, venue, right? So that, those are two examples. And one more, if you'd like me to share. We sure. have, uh, okay, we have, we have a couple here in Charleston and they have a burger marinade com company. It's called the Charleston Burger Marinade, um, Charleston Gourmet Burger Company, Charleston Gourmet Burger. And sure. they started in their kitchen. It was an accidental business. I remember they used to go to, um, you know, farmer's market and make burgers so people could taste their sauce. And, you know, they ended up going to Lowe's with their sauce. And Lowe's said, you know, they're the most flexible, coachable business they've ever met. Uh, I would have never thought to put them in Lowe's, but 
you know, they thought outside the box. They were very creative. They were very coachable. And then their sauce ended up being on the shelves of Lowe's. Uh, you could pull it up on YouTube to hear their story. Uh, again, the, the Charleston Gourmet Burger Company, they uh, created their own burger line. They sold out on QVC. Uh, but doors have been open for them that would not have normally been open because of their certification with NMSDC. And so now they're nationwide with their sauce. Most grocery stores have it. Walmart has it. Uh, I think they've been in Costco's or Sam, I'm not sure which one, but you know, that the doors, what they'll tell you is doors were open because of their certification with NMSDC that would not have normally been open. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that is an amazing story. Those are, those are amazing stories. Um, so you, the burger marinade company was able to get to Lowe's as in the, the, uh, the hardware store, the department, the, 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 the grill store. Yes. The, okay. the hardware store. Yeah. Not the food chain. That's why it was so unique. Right. Uh, but then they branched out from there and now they're nationwide in grocery stores and, 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 and they sell it online as well. Well, that's uh well, props, props to them. Cause sometimes thinking outside the box is, is what you got to do and it worked for them. Um, yes. But uh, so this this NMSDC conference. So uh -huh. what, what is the purpose of this conference? So the purpose, again, getting back to our original mission is to make sure that we are making connections. Remember I said we certify, we mm -hmm. develop, we connect and advocate. So we're here making sure that connections are being made. There's matchmaking opportunities. I, I don't know how many booths we have, but it's about three football fields long of, of, of booths where people can um, meet, you can come and meet um, McDonald's, you can meet Walmart, you can meet Target, um, all the banks are here, all the automotive manufacturers are here. So if you have a product or service and you want to do business with these organizations, they are here to meet you. I have another gentleman who does plastic molding. And when I, I used to be an MBE, when I met him, he had a small company and he came to one of our events and ended up getting a, an order with Altria, which was the cigarette manufacturing company to make you know a plastic part. Now, every car that rolls off the BMW line has one of his plastic parts in it, right? And he's also doing battery holders for um, another major automotive company. So opportunities are unlimited, but you have to, I always tell people you have to be at the table to eat and you have to come to these type of events so that you can make yourself known, pitch your products and meet the people who are going to be the decision makers to help get you in the door. And so uh, when is the conference taking place? So the conference is taking place right now. We're in Baltimore. Uh, Maryland. We're down at the Inner Harbor. Um, the conference is taking place today uh, through Wednesday. And, and we end the conference. Go, go, ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we end the conference with an award ceremony. So we recognize um, minority businesses as well as the corporations who've made a significant impact over the last year. And do you have to be at the entire conference if you missed today? Can no. You on Wednesday? Yeah, you can come any day that you want. And so Speaking of having a seat at the table, how important is the work of NMSDC? Uh, how, how important is the work you're doing in closing the national economic equity gap? Yeah, it's critical. We did an economic impact study and it showed that we make we have a $401 billion economic impact, GDP impact. That's based on goods and services sold. That's based on, you know, incomes, taxes. It's a $401 billion economic impact. We want to take that to a trillion. We want to make sure that companies are spending money with our minorities. And so there's a thing called the billion dollar roundtable where um, companies that spend a billion or more with minorities, are they, ha they have their own organization and they're recognized. And so the work that we do is designed to make sure that we are opening doors, as I said up front. You know, the playing field has not been even, right? It's, it's you know, people have been at the table for a long time and we've been cut out 
as minorities. And so unless we are intentional and we work hard and have organizations like this to advocate for our rights, um, it's not going to happen. When we end this conference, we're going on the Hill to make sure that we're advocating for the rights of minority businesses um, and that, you know, things like the affirmative action um, decision to, be, to turn that over for schools, that that doesn't impact corporations and the supply chain opportunities are still there. Okay, so when you talk about that, that billion dollar number of economic impact, what does that mean? Can you explain that? what that means in practical terms. Sure. In practical terms, I'm going to go back to the 401 billion, right? What yeah, exactly. 401 billion is, the 401 billion is actual. That means that of the companies we represent right now, the economic impact of goods and services sold, of salaries, of taxes, it's a $401 billion impact on the economy. So, so what we're trying I mean, to do is get that higher. Okay, so that money is being circulated into the economy because of exactly, okay, okay. exactly. Another another way to look at it is if you spend a dollar with a minority business owner, there's a dollar seventy two impact back into the economy. That means that person can go out, they can hire somebody, and pay that person a salary. And they, by paying that person a salary, they can now put their kids to school. They can buy groceries, right? So it's it's like a trickle down economic impact. So every dollar that's spent with an ethnic minority returns a dollar seventy two back into the economy. And so that's what we're saying. We want to see a billion dollar impact in the economy based on businesses helping other businesses. And I'll give you one more statistic. Right now there's a three hundred thirty year wealth gap in America. That means <laughs> it would take three hundred and thirty years to catch up to non minorities in terms mm -hmm. of our wealth. Right? That's scary, right? That's crazy. And that's why organizations like this have to exist. If everybody were to spend 1% more with ethnic minorities, for the next 15 years, we could close that wealth gap. But that means all your listeners, all corporations, you know, everybody, when you get ready to think of a caterer, when you get ready to think of a, a hairdresser, a dentist, or anything, any, any service or product, you're thinking, I need to be very intentional. And if we all did that, we could close that wealth gap sooner. I right, appreciate you so much, uh, Dominique Simpson-Milson, President and Chief Engagement Officer of the Carolinas. Virginia Minority Supplier Development Council. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for making this information known. Absolutely. And when we come forward, we're going to continue this conversation with Fernando Martinez, Senior Vice President of Network Success for the NMSDC right here on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. And we're back on Ariva Martin in real time. Avi Bernard in for Ariva Martin today. And we're talking about minorities and business, how to get your business set up as a minority business owner, some of the some of the obstacles that you face when you are a minority business owner. And uh, we're talking with the National Minority Supplier Development Council. It is a, it is a mouthful. It is a lot to say, but we're, and, and now specifically, we're joined by Fernando Martinez, the Senior Vice President of Network Success for the NMSDC. And so, uh, Fernando, uh, thanks so much for being here today with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And so can you just uh, just a reminder for those who may have missed the earlier part of the conversation, what exactly is NMSDC? So the National Minority Supplier Development Council is the only organization in the country, the only multicultural organization that supports ethnic minority businesses and and the four ethnic minority businesses primarily, right? Uh, Blacks, Hispanics, Asians, Asian Americans, uh, Pacific Islanders, Alaska Native, Native Americans, right? Those those four ethnicities are represented by the National Minority Supplier Development Council. And uh, it's the only organization 
in this country that does that because we have hispanic chambers we have black chambers we have other entities that support other other groups but the national minor supplier development council is focused on specifically growing minority businesses of color and so this uh this um conference uh, it's, there's just so many letters tied to it so it's nmsdc uh mbda and so what 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 is the mbda and uh, how is it associated with the department of commerce so so uh the nmsdc and the mbda have a long long history uh of of working together uh, when when the nmsdc was first first founded in 1972 it was actually founded by the federal government because back then um president nixon acknowledged a, a, a group of black businesses acknowledged that um the federal government was doing zero business with uh with um with the federal government and they were all all these white companies were doing business with the federal government but they were not including anybody of color in the in that contracting so what happened is uh um, president nixon signed an executive order that said we are standing up a purchasing organization where if you want to do business with the government, you have to be inclusive of black businesses. That black businesses involved, evolved to uh, Latinos, it evolved to Asians, it evolved to Native Americans. But that was back in 1972. Now, being a, a government agency, we were actually funded by the federal government. In 1981, we transitioned to the private sector. But the federal government still maintained the Minority Business Development Agency. So they were doing the now the same thing that we were doing initially. And so that relationship that for 40 years is federal government and private sector. The key here is that the MBDA specifically represents those ethnic groups like we do. Unlike the SBA, the SBA represents everybody else, which are predominantly non-minority entities. So the relationship between the NMSTC and the MBDA is very, very close. It has a long history of working together. It was founded upon the same principles. And so this week we're in Baltimore at the national conference. Uh, the NMSTC is celebrating all the business, bringing all the corporate members along with them to do business and transact business with the minority business enterprises. The MBDA bringing all their operators as well from across the country uh, and a lot of the people that that they contract with so combined we've got a very very strong private sector public sector organization and conference taking place in boston i mean not, not in boston but in baltimore maryland in this week where we're, we're expecting transactions of millions of dollars you're expecting transactions of millions of dollars at the conference people uh, our corporate members uh come to this conference with um expectations of finding minority businesses with whom they can do business uh minority businesses come here with the expectations of doing business with corporations right and the federal government and so we expect that some business will be transacted i i i've seen it in the millions of dollars when we've done it in the past but also we have a very very strong matchmaking session where we're actually having one-on-one -on -one meetings between these and these um mbe entities and the private sector and the public sector so they're talking about how they can they can help each other so yes we expect we expect uh transactions to come out of this out of this conference this this week so when when 
minority-owned businesses are are at this conference, and they're they're going there with the hope and expectation of, you know, doing uh, completing transactions with uh, corporations or with the government. So are they are they showing up and and putting up a kiosk and and kind of showing what they do, or how how are they getting introduced to these businesses uh, in in literal terms? So, there, so there's a couple there's a couple of things that happen at this conference. One is our corporations come in and exhibit. And, Great exhibit. We have uh, close to we have four hundred thirty exhibitors. I think if I if I heard correctly that this this morning four hundred thirty. How many? Four hundred thirty. Four hundred thirty. Mm-hmm. Some of them are corporate members. Some of them are are public sector entities. But also our minority businesses are here. We've got petroleum companies that are owned by black businesses. We have technology companies that are owned by black company by black businesses. We have um, you know we just have. Asian Asian Indian companies that in, are in the technology space. We have every we have a black business out of Portland, Oregon, that is is manufacturing and installing and managing EV stations across the country. Um, and these are the these are the companies that they come together. They show what they're capable of. They have conversations. They network. They connect. And there may be, not be a transaction today, but this this is the one conference a year where you can bring 5,000 people together representing Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 1,000 companies representing the federal government and representing minority businesses that they can come together and engage and connect. And if they don't transact business right now, there's there's gonna be transactions following this conference. I personally, when I was in corporate America, I, I, I did transactions um, after the conference. I built the relationships during, got the introductions, and I actually ended up in millions of dollars with minority businesses uh, after the conference itself. Well, well, that's that's definitely encouraging. Um, so, how? Okay, why why was it important to combine the the 40th anniversary of of MBDA with the National NMSDC conference this year? You know, it's important because one is the the uh, MBDA's 40th anniversary, right? It's our national conference. And the strength of having a public-private entity, a public-private engagement, is twice as strong as if we go at it alone, right? So we have 23 operating affiliate organizations from the NMSTC across the country. The MBDA, I believe, has 46 operating entities. So when you bring over 70 operating entities that do contract financing and and uh, and buying and selling. Um, that combined effort of the public and private sector is incredibly, incredibly strong, and it attracts. We've got we've got close to close to five thousand people here today, and for the next couple of days. And so I know the conference is going on. It started today. It's going on tomorrow and Wednesday as well. And yes. So if someone, if a business wasn't there yesterday, and this is their first time hearing about it. Uh, is there, a, do you have to register online or do they have to, can they just show up or what's the process? So uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's very hard to um, just walk in and, and have any expectations, right? Because there's a strategy to these conferences, right? So uh, somebody can come in and walk in and register. Absolutely. They can come in and register. But the key to this is coming to these national conferences with a strategy of who your target companies are what the target industries are that you're coming to meet with and how do you prepare yourself in advance so that you can then have meaningful engagements with them. 
Now, uh, I, the strategy is always around knowing who's coming because our website, you know, we start posting which corporations are coming. So the strategy is in advance, understanding who's coming, get your, get your list together, and then work with your regional council because your regional council has relationships with all these all these corporate entities, right? Okay. And say, hey, Avi, like I'm going to come into LA. You know, can you introduce me to Disneyland, right? And and that's where the connectivity comes in. So when I when you arrive in Baltimore, you have something pretty much set up, right? So um, so it's about being very strategic, very intentional about who you want to meet, why you want to meet them and make sure that you're prepared to have those conversations with them. And you can work hard till you're blue in the face, but if you don't have good strategy and you're not being efficient with your time and energy, then you might be doing all that work for naught. I mean, you know, I, I just said, like, like I just mentioned a minute ago that we have over 400 exhibitors here, right? And by the time you get done walking from one end of the exhibit hall to the other, you know, you, you're tired, right? You're, 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 you're tired. And that's why it's all carpeted, right? We're trying to make it easier on the joints. But, you know, if you come in target and say like these 25 companies, I know I want to do business with them and you come prepared to, to have a conversation with them, you know, it, it saves time. It's efficient. You know, you've already done your homework, so you know what they need, their needs are, you've read their 10Ks, you know what their strategy is going forward, you know, into in the next five years, and you can have those intelligent conversations, right? And when you have those intelligent conversations, that's when the callbacks come back, you know, so absolutely. So I, I understand uh, your economic impact report breaks down how minority business are, how minority businesses are doing by geographic region so when we come forward uh i want to ask you uh fernando how how the southern california region is doing how la is doing when we come forward uh we'll 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 talk about that right here on kbla talk 1580. real time and we are joined by fernando martinez he is the senior vice president of network success for the nmsdc that's the national minority supplier development council and we're having a really important conversation today about minorities in business and and what it takes to succeed. And we talk a lot about you know wanting there to be more economic quality and, and more uh, more parity, more minorities owning businesses and closing that wealth gap. And um, the NMSDC is uh, is a big part of of helping to to make those things happen. So uh, so Fernando, I, before we left, I was saying I wanted to to ask you about your economic impact reports and and how. Uh, I understand, and you correct me if I'm wrong. They break they break down um, how minority businesses are doing by geography. Yes. So, so could you uh, share a bit about um, how the NMSDC in in the region where KBLA is located, uh, and, and where our listeners might know about the activities of, of minority business owners in the Los Angeles and Southern California region? Sure. So, uh, Avi. So, um, as I said, as I mentioned earlier, we have. Uh, the National Minority Supplier Development Council is the organization that activates all the 23 regional councils across the country, right? And we have a council, the Southern California Council, right there in downtown Los Angeles. And I don't have the breakdown by like like um, by by city or or anything for that region, but the Southern California Council covers a range that's close to Sacramento. And close to San Diego, so it's a it's a pretty pretty good good sized region, right? 
and what uh, the president, the CEO of that 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 council has done is, she's managed to grow that that council to where she supports over seventeen hundred ethnic minority businesses. Now, 1700, 1700? 1700 yes yes very very good market for us from the standpoint of of supporting the uh the minority businesses the thing about the national minority supply rent council is that we have four pillars under which we operate i mean the first is we certify them right we certify we validate that they truly are ethnic minority owned companies you know and that's because we don't want any fraudulent type of activity we don't want any any activity where um, somebody sets up a front company, right? So our certification process is, is very, very rigid. The next piece is development, right? So we do training development. We do scholarshiping for minority businesses and help them kind of develop so that they can grow their business. Then we were talking a minute ago about the conference, right? Where there's a lot of connection at this conference. So we connect these minority businesses to all of our corporate members and our public agencies. And then lastly, we advocate, right? So we're always at the forefront of really advocating for the value of doing business with, with ethnic minority businesses, right? It's a strategic practice to include businesses of color because those businesses of color drop money in our communities of color. And they also drop money in the community at large, right? Because most, most of our businesses are 50% of color, 50% non-color, non, non-minority, right? So, so we're impacting all the community at large, not just specifically our, our communities of color, right? We're, so when I talk about Virginia and the Southern California Council supporting over 1,700 minority businesses, we can assume that the entire area of the Southern California is benefiting, not just the Latino communities, not just the black communities, but the community of Southern California at large, right? What that also means is that they generate about eight, they actually access about $850 billion in, in revenues, right? So when you, when you think about the, the region of Southern California generating $850 billion in revenue, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of business transaction. That's a lot of B&O taxes for the cities where Southern California supports. That's a lot of tax money for the um, for the region and the state of California. And also that's a lot of that generates a lot of a lot of um, other taxes that really support our community. Right. That support the infrastructure. So so that's that's the one thing. And these seventeen hundred um, businesses, Avi, support over one hundred twenty one thousand jobs. So when you think about 121,000 jobs, you know, and you think about, uh, you know, the families, the households, right, the, the children that, that this impacts, right? And so um, when that's, that's the importance of this, right, is that it's not only about the business itself, it's about the people that make up the business, you know, and it's about the families that make up the business. It's about breaking into creating that wealth for our communities of color, our businesses of color, so that we can thrive into the future, right? That's what that's what this, the NMSDC is all about, you know? Well, I love it. And, and, and before we run out of time, I just want to ask you if there's anything that we that we haven't covered about the NMSDC or, or the conference this week that that you want uh, want people to know about. I, I think um, I think that 
I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I know we've got a little bit of time left, so, but I, I do want to say a couple of things. Mm -hmm. One, we have a commitment to grow my ethnic minority spend, right? Because we understand the value. So in, in Southern California, you can look at, you can look at that, that you, you can look at, at that, at, at that revenue uh, of 330, wait a second, I, I got to, just a second. Of the, yeah. Probably the, eight, of the 950, $850 billion, and you can add about 33% to that, and that's in additional spend, right? So $850 billion is direct spend with minority businesses, but then our businesses create economic impact in the community, right? And so, so, you, so, what, so what is that What is that $850 billion uh, number? So that is the amount of revenue Oh, let me just uh, double check my. Oh, it's. I'm sorry. It's fifty billion. I'm sorry. Fifty billion. So let me correct myself because um, I don't want to misquote this. So we have seventeen hundred over seventeen hundred jobs in Southern California, over fifty billion dollars in, in seventeen hundred uh, minority owned uh, uh, businesses, companies. right? Yes, mm -hmm. over fifty billion dollars in revenue, and okay. over one hundred twenty-one thousand jobs. So I think I. I think I kind of like misquoted earlier in the in in the um in the broadcast right so i, I want to make sure that i correct myself there got you we got you so, and so if you add the direct and indirect impact of that 50 billion you can add another 15 billion you know close to 18 billion in direct impact to our community right because i have to go shop for groceries I have to go get a, you know, get a haircut. I have to spend money for my family buying clothing, right? So it's all, it all wraps itself into, so that 50 billion easily translates into approximately 68, $70 billion in impact. All right, Fernando, what's the, uh, what's the website people can go to to get more information? www.nmsdc.org www.nmsdc.org. The conference yes. is taking place this week, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. And you are empowering minority businesses, helping to close the economic wealth gap. It's really important work. Uh, I just, uh, I'm really glad that you guys are doing it. Really glad, glad you were able to be on the show today. Fernando Martinez, Senior Vice President of Network Success for the NMSDC. That is the National Minority Supplier Development Council. Fernando, thanks so much for joining us today. Abby, it's a pleasure being with you. Thank you very much. All right. We appreciate you. And when we come forward, Robin Ayers will be coming at you with the Raw Report. I'm Avi Bernard, and I am gone.